All right, we'll go to God's word. The treasure in earthen vessels. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The Bible started by saying, Again, the kingdom of God, Matthew 13, verse 44. It says, Again, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like treasure hidden in a field. It says, Which a man, having found it, he goes and digs the ground and hides that treasure. Now, it's important for us to start when you hear the the opening scripture that says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Now, that reminds us that last week, the senior pastor started when he taught us about how the kingdom of God works. How many of us remember that? And then he read to us from Romans chapter 14, verse 17, and then he said, In Romans 14 verse 17, how the kingdom of God works, the scripture there says, For the kingdom of God is not about eating and what? Drinking. Multimedia help us with Romans 14, 17. So it's important I lay the foundation for those who were not around on Sunday. And the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not about eating and what? Drinking, but what? If, if you can give us in the CEV version, it's not about drinking, it's not about eating. It says, but it's about pleasing God. So we have this, the kingdom of God is not about eating, it's not about drinking, but about what? Pleasing God. And pastor came and told us that we should understand that this is how God's kingdom works. It's not about we eating and drinking, but it's about we coming to the understanding that we need to please God. And so he went ahead and taught us and we we heard and learned that we can have, we can either be God pleasers or what? Men pleasers. And we've got to understand if you are pleasing men, you can also be self pleaser as well, or you can be men pleaser. So we can do all that we want to do. We can wear all the nice clothes. We can do all the makeups. But we understand that the kingdom of God, how it works, is not about paying so much attention, but allowing God to have the whole sin. Some few weeks back, Pastor Yomi came and he taught us about sacrificial living, which means it's not really about us. It's not really about me. But it's about me placing myself on that altar to be sacrificed so that God will have preeminence in my life. So if you come to that understanding, and that is why the Bible starts in Matthew 13 when it says, again, again the kingdom of God is like. So today we're looking at another angle where the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but it's about understanding that we need to please God. And the more we try to please God, the more God himself reveals himself to us. And so the Bible says, again, the kingdom of God is like a treasure. It's like a man who finds a what? A treasure. And what does he do? The Bible says he takes the treasure and then hides it. So it's important when we mention the word kingdom, you need to understand that when we mention the word kingdom, kingdom has its own principles. So this is about God's kingdom. There are things we do here that are useful to us that applies only in this kingdom. 
If you try it in the world's kingdom, it will not work. So when pastor says this is how God's kingdom works, it's about pleasing God. So it's not about you pleasing men. But if you in the, in the world's kingdom, you cannot do this in the world's kingdom. So you have to please men in the world's kingdom. But in God's kingdom, we have different ways that work. And that is why 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible says, For the things we do in God's kingdom. He says, but the natural man cannot what? Cannot receive it. Or the natural man cannot understand it. Because it has to do with the kingdom. He says, the natural man cannot receive it. For it is foolishness unto what? Unto him. So in God's kingdom, Pastor Yomi taught us the other time, he says, if you have little, that may be the time that God will demand more of you. Is that correct? That is how it works in our kingdom. In the other kingdom, it doesn't work that way. So that is why we're talking about how God gain the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a treasure. When he finds the treasure, what does he do? He takes the treasure and he buries it somewhere and he keeps it. What does he do next? The Bible says he goes back home and then he sells all that he has. And then he goes back to that field and does what? And then buys it. Why does he do that? Because the treasure is what? Is very important. Matthew 13, 14, that is how one of the ways or another way the kingdom works. Now, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Now, listen to this. The Bible then says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7, it says, but we have this treasure. We have what? We have this treasure. 1 Corinthians 2, 17, sorry. Is, is, this is speaking about how God hides his own word in a mystery. Now, we need to understand this, that treasures are really usually not readily available. Can you find gold everywhere? Can you find silver everywhere? The Bible says that God hides his own treasure in mysteries. So if God has to hide something, the Bible says he puts it in a mystery. So if you ever happen to watch treasure hunt, something like, Good ultimate search. You will see how they go. They have to find a mystery and then try to unravel the mystery before they can find a treasure. Is that correct? So God is saying that's the same way that God works. Now in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, the Bible then says, I need you to listen to this. It says, but we have this treasure. A man finds a treasure and hides it. Scripture then says, but we have this treasure. Turn to someone and say, you have this treasure. Now, I need you to listen to this. He says, we have this treasure, but where is the treasure? He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, what earthen vessel is the same thing like a pot, a clay pot. He says, you have this treasure, but this treasure is kept in an earthen pot, a clay pot. Now, if you have something valuable, let me ask a question. Where will you keep it? If you have a diamond, where will you keep it? Will you keep it in a pot? Will you keep it in a pot? No, you wouldn't keep it in a pot. If I have a diamond, I'll most likely keep it in a vault. I'll keep it in somewhere very secure. 
But this is what the scripture says. He said, God has put his own treasure in an earthen pot. That doesn't sound right. If you have a treasure, most likely you will take it to where it is safe. You wouldn't put it in a pot that is lying by the side of the house. So what the Bible says, but God has put a treasure in an earthen vessel, in a clay pot. Now, that doesn't really sound like a normal thing because if you have something very valuable, like we all know, we'll keep it in somewhere very secure. But the scripture lets us know that God uses the foolish things of this world to do what? To confound the wise. So God has put a treasure in one of the earthen pots. Now listen to this. He says he puts this treasure, which means just one treasure. Not two, not three. How many treasure? One treasure. He said treasure. He didn't say he has put treasures. He said he has this treasure but the treasure is in many vessels. So many vessels. So God has this treasure in earthen vessels. So just for a moment, imagine you have something valuable. And for all the places in the world you can keep a diamond, you decide to go back to the village. You look for a muddy house and then you dig the ground and you keep it there. Now that is exactly what God is saying this morning. And that is what, exactly what we are saying. But you need to understand that when we talk about an earthly vessel, an earthly vessel or a clay pot, the Bible is really referring to you and I as a clay pot. Isaiah chapter, 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 20. I need us to look at 2 Kings 20. In 2 verse 20, the Bible says, in a great house, there are so many vessels. There are so many vessels. Second Timothy 2 verse 20. It says in a great house, there are many vessels. It says there are some vessels that are of gold. It said there are some vessels that are of silver. He said there are some vessels that are what? of wood. And he said there are some vessels that are what? of clay. So you can see the hierarchy, gold, silver, wood, and clay. The least in that hierarchy is what? Is clay. And for all that God decided to do, he decided to put his treasure in a clay pot, in a clay vessel. Why could God do that? I expected him to take that clay pot and put, to take the treasure and put it in somewhere more secured. Isaiah 64 verse 8 then reveals to us what the earthen vessel is really about. He says, but now, O Lord my Father, we are the what? We are the what? And God is the what? So who is the clay now? Who is the earthen vessel? So what we are learning this morning is that God decided to take a vessel he decided to take a treasure and put it in you and I. He says this is how the kingdom works. A man finds a treasure and puts it in a what? In a clay pot. So God has taken a, a treasure and put it in a pot, in a clay pot, in a vessel which is made of clay. And the scripture says for you and I are the clay. So there is something God has put in you and I that if we can understand, if we can have a grasp of that treasure, then we'll become, 
we, we, we will become fulfilled in what God really wants us to do. So we need to understand that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. There the Bible then clearly tells us that we have this treasure. This treasure is in earthen vessels which is you and I. So this is just the opening statement. I'm going to show us what God really put into us. If we understand what God had put into us, then we'll become and we'll start to walk in the calling that God wants us to do. Amen. Now, I'm going to establish something. How many of us have read the Dead Sea Scroll, the story of the Dead Sea Scroll? If you've ever heard of it, the story of the Dead Sea Scroll. You can go back to the internet. It's, a, it's called the Dead Sea Sea scroll. Now I'm going to explain to you. I'll, I'll ask the ushers to bring the pot so that we'll, make, we'll do a bit of illustration here. Now this is what happened in the story. The story goes this way. Between 1947, 46 and 1947, somewhere in the Dead Sea area or somewhere in the West Bank, this is how the story goes. A group of shepherd boys were tending the flocks of their father. And as they were tending the flocks of their father, just like every, every young man, as they were tending the flocks of their father, they were playing along the road. And the story goes that one of them took a stone and then he saw a cave, an empty cave in the mountains. And then he took the, the stone and he, they were just throwing the stones all around. For those who were boys here, you remember at some point when you're sent on an errand, you play along the road. So the, script, the, the story goes that they took a stone and they were throwing the stone all around. And one of the boys saw an empty grave, cave, sorry. So he took a stone and he threw it into the cave, just plain. And then when he threw the stone into the cave, he heard a sound that was abnormal. So just imagine you are playing in your street or on your street when you are young. If you throw a stone to your neighbor's house and it breaks the windscreen of the car, won't you know the windscreen is broken? Won't you know? How will you know? By the sound you will hear, right? So this boy threw one of the stones into the cave. And when he threw the stone into the cave, he heard a sound. The sound wasn't a normal sound. He expected him to hear the, the stone hitting a wall. But the stone did not hit a wall. And by the time he threw the stone, he heard the sound of pots, of clay pots breaking inside the cave. The cave itself was dark. They could not see what was going in. So the boy took another stone and then he tossed it again into the cave. And then again he heard another sound of a broken pot inside the cave. This was strange. He has pots in his house. He knows how pots work but he never expected that there will be a pot inside the what? Inside the cave. So what did the boys do? So the boys now took courage and they went into the cave. They went into the cave and lo and behold, they found not only one pot, not only two pots, they found about seven pots, many pots. Seven of them had something in them. So many pots. And, and by the time they saw it, 
They went straight to the city and they told their fathers, they told the city council, and the news went all over the world. The news went all over the world. Now, guess what happened to those pots? They took those pots from where they were because there were treasures in those pots. And those pots, as we speak now, they are sitting in one of the world's archaeological centers. Everybody travels all around the world. Not just because of the pot, because the pot itself had little or no value. And that's why the Bible says God decided to put his treasure in you and I. The psalmist says, what is man that thou art mindful of? Because you are just a clay pot. We are really nothing important because we are pot. If you toss this pot and allow it to fall, what will happen? It will break because it has really no much value. But what is kept inside is what gives it the value. And so the pot was taken and they now reserve it that the whole world may find and see what is inside or what was inside the pot. Now, what made the pot of value? Is it the pot itself or the treasure they found in it? It was the treasure they found in that pot. So you can say to yourself, I'm not so much important, I'm not worthy. But the Bible says this is how the kingdom of God works. It doesn't look at your outside. The kingdom of God looks at what you have in the inside. Now, I'm going to show us what then did they find inside the pot that made it so valuable. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. Now, let's look at Colossians 2 verse 3. This is what the scripture says. It says, in whom, this is speaking about Jesus. It says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of what? Of the wisdom of the world. So the question I ask myself is, did those boys, did they find Jesus inside the pot that made that pot of such a value? Could they have found something else that made the pot of such a great value? What could they have found in the pot that made it of such a great value? We're going to explore that in just a moment. Amen. Now, I'm going to show you what they found in the pot that made it of such a great value. Now, in one of these pots, there is a treasure in one of these pots. Can you really guess which of them? You may not be able to guess. This pot looks nice. This pot also looks nice. If I carry any of these pots and allow it, what will happen? They will both break. Pastor taught us last week, he says, the kingdom of God is not about eating. It's not about drinking. No matter what this pot does, to look like this, what it's doing is just pleasing men. But in one of these pots, there is a treasure that makes it more valuable than any other thing. So rather than try to please man, and by the pastor taught us last week that we try else instead to do what? To please God. You can paint this pot all you want. It's the same way when we try to show people on Facebook that we are doing well. That is what you do. That is what you and I do. This pot can do all he can to look like this pot. But what are we doing? We are only pleasing men. But in one of these treasures, like those boys found, there's a treasure that makes one of these pots to be of value. That is why 2 Timothy, Timothy says, 
But if any man will purge himself, he will become a vessel unto honor and not a vessel unto what? Unto dishonor. What then could they have found? The Bible told us that all the treasures in the world is hidden in him. Now, talking about Jesus Christ. So he's saying, if you find all, all the treasures in the world are hidden in him. So the question then is, did those children, did they find Christ in it? What then made this pot to be of great value that they can really take it all the way to the archaeological center? Now, I'll show you in a moment. Now, what those boys found was a treasure that was all the world to them. The world understood it. And that's why the Bible is saying, this is exactly how the kingdom of God works. You and I are like this clay. We are just like pots. We really have no value. That's why the psalmist says, what is man that thou art mindful of? Man, what is it that you are mindful of? In a moment he comes, in a moment he goes. But God knows that the time will come that he will put a treasure that is what all the world can get. And so when this pot is going through all that the world can push to him, just like you and I, we've gone through a lot this year. We've been pressed on every side. We've been perplexed on every side. But for some reason, we're still standing. How come we're still standing? And I'm going to show you what the boys found in the pot. The only reason why they came to take the pot from them and they place it in an archaeological center, all the people in the world goes to look at the pot. It's not the pot that was treasurable. It was the vessel that was in it that was treasurable. These pots had been there for over 2,000 years in the cave until those boys discovered it. And what did they discover in the pots? So just like you and I, we may feel sometimes worthless because if we have been drunk, we will have not really been here this morning. What those boys found in the pots were very old, ancient scrolls of God's word. The scrolls were the scrolls that were written of God's word. Those words, by the time they interpreted them in Hebrew, were the exact word in the scripture that you and I read. So the word that they found was what made them valuable. And the Bible does tell us that Jesus Christ himself is a written word of God. So what made the scroll, what made the vessel to be of honor, what made the, the vessel to be valuable was the written word that was written in it. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8 that we read. The Bible says, because the treasure of God's word were found in these pots. He says, we are hard pressed, just like this pot. You have been hard pressed for so many times this year. But the Bible says, yet we are not what? We are not crushed. Why? Because the word of God stands still to remind us that we cannot fail and reminds us about the treasure of God's word that God still what? Remains faithful. He says we are perplexed but we are not what? We are not despaired. Because there's a treasure of God's word that reminds us that God will still come true for us. To somebody else, you may be going through whatsoever you are going through. But there's a scroll of God's word. There's an ancient word of God that is in this part of you. You are the gift that God has made. God has put a word in you that reminds you 
that his word is still faithful irrespective of what we may be going through. Praise the name of the Lord. So you may be here and say to yourself, I've been hard pressed. The Bible says you may be perplexed, but what makes you think we are still standing? Because there is a word for you and I that tells us that God will remain faithful. You may be going through some, some health issues. There's a word for you and I that tells us that there's a treasure of healing that has been deposited in you and I. So no matter what happens, God wants to heal someone again by his word. Give God praise in the house this morning. John chapter 1 verse 1 And the beginning was the word, the word was a God And the word became flesh Now this morning as we wrap up in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 8 Somebody may be saying to himself But I've been so broken I don't know what to do I've been so broken I don't know how to get myself back There's a treasure of God's word for everyone And this is what God is telling us this morning The same word he told Jeremiah he says, arise, let us go back towards to the potter's house. We are only the clay. He says, I have another word for you. It's a treasured word of God's faithfulness. God has a word for someone here that is going through a moment of despair. He's not coming to give you what you want exactly, but there's a word that he has to give to you. Verse 4, the Bible then says, if we can make it back to the potter's house, he says he's about to put us back together again. So you may be a pot that is broken, but there's a word of encouragement God wants to give to you. You are only a clay in the master's hand. We are only a pot in the potter's hand. God is the ultimate healer of every soul. God is the ultimate healer of every despair person. God is the ultimate healer of everyone who is going through anything. But it says, come again to the potter's house. There is a word of healing for that situation. There is a word of comfort for that despair. And for all that we go through, if only we will make it back again to the potter's house. It says, I will heal you again with my word. Because the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a true treasure. And the treasure of God's word is ready to heal us once again. No matter what you're going through, the Bible says, go back to the potter's house. And the potter has a word of healing for you. The potter has a word of encouragement for you. And as long as we go back, the potter will heal us again. And he will heal us with the word. And that is God's word for someone. Give God praise in the house this morning. So this is how God's kingdom works. It is not about eating and drinking. The Bible says, For man shall not live by what? Bread alone. But by what? Every word. And every word is a treasure in you. I'm not going to look at myself and have a pity for myself anymore. Instead, I'll go back to the potter's house. He has a word for me. And if I can have and get hold of that word is a treasure that I'll keep because when I'm pushed and I am crushed it is only God's word that will keep me up this is how God's kingdom work the kingdom of God is like a man who will find this treasure this morning if only you will tell God I want this treasure of your word because when you are alone and you are crushed 
We may only need this word to get us back again. The kingdom of God is not about meat, it's not about drink, but it's about pleasing God, understanding his word. The more we please God, the more he reveals himself through his word, and his word has the power to heal. Give God praise in the house. Going back to 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, the Bible says, For we have this treasure. In what? In what? Earthen vessel. And who is this earthen vessel? You and I. Rise to your feet as we worship the Lord. I don't know what you may be going through at this moment I don't know what may have been crushing you at this moment you may have gotten to that point you are asking yourself how can I go through all this by myself why don't you in one minute just ask the Lord to send you a word again to heal that situation to send you a word again to heal that situation the Bible says let's go again to the porter's house for he has a word for us the potter has a word for you and I. That word of healing is what the potter has. If we can just release ourselves this morning. Let him speak grace to that heart this morning. Just talk to the Lord. Let's tell him, let him speak to grace to that heart. Thank you. 
And so, Lord in heaven, we thank you. We'll give you praise and glory. We ask that every heart that requires mending, that a porter will put us back together by his word in the name of Jesus. We understand that we are clay, we understand we are vessels, but if the word of the God, if the word of God will come into our hearts, we thank you because by the reason of your word we'll become treasurable in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll pray for healing, we'll pray for restoration by the reason of your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you because we are tre- we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. I will come marching out strong in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Give God praise in the house this morning. The name of the Lord be praised. You may be seated.